Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What is up, fellas? Welcome back to Commerce Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today, we are talking with Bowerman Babe Elise Cranny. She is my age, and she went to college at Stanford University, and we raced each other quite a few times, so I'm very familiar with her in the running world. She recently just ran 1448 for the 5K, which is crazy fast, and... She has been very vocal recently about her journey with REDS, which is relative energy deficiency in sport, and her journey through that, which is something I can relate to, me getting my period at 22 years old. So we talk about quite a few things in this episode, and I think it's really beneficial, and I hope you guys enjoy. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm here with Elise Cranny. Elise, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you on. Do you want to give a little rundown of who you are and what you're about? Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Let's see. I am from Boulder, Colorado. Uh, Went to Stanford University, graduated in December of 2018, and now I run professionally for the Barman Track Club in Portland. Yeah, I think I've had at least half of your team on already to the podcast. <laughs> you guys are just my go-to. I feel like I know all of you, so I'm like, okay, I'll just have another one on. <laughs> it's perfect. There's there's lots of us. So. Yeah, so I still have uh, quite a few more to um, go to after this one. But I'm excited to hear more about like your running story in general because I've known about you since like you were in high school. But how did you get started running? Yeah, um, my parents did – triathlons when we were growing up so I feel like we were kind of my two younger sisters and I were exposed to the world of like endurance sports and triathlons pretty early um we did summer swim league since we were like I don't know probably like eight years old um and then slowly started to get into running um probably toward the end of middle school um did some like hurdling and long jumping in the early middle school days, but As definitely, we all <laughs> definitely not, not my forte. Um, but kind of got into distance running um, a little bit in eighth grade, but I would say mostly um, once I entered high school. Um, the assistant cross country coach at our school, Jason Hartman, was running for Nike at the time and was doing marathons, um, and he just really like opened my eyes to the to the running world and what opportunities were there like outside of the state um, as well. So I'd say he's a big reason that I like, you know, start to solely focus on running. Yeah, that's awesome. And what would you say like your primary event was to start off with? You said that you dabbled a little a little bit of the field events, but what was like your forte growing up? Um I would say the mile probably yeah, the like 800 in the mile was was more my, yeah, my focus and my yeah. fave. <laughs> and then when, when did you start to get serious? Because I know a lot of like my teammates in, 
college didn't really start getting serious until like even junior year of high school which is a lot different than me like I was serious from when I was like 12 so I it's always fascinating just to hear when people like started realizing maybe that they could go to college for running or when they started like buckling down actually not skipping runs (laughs) (laughs) yeah I would say mine was probably also like toward the end of sophomore year or junior year um, of high school. Um, Like I said, I think I was just super like naive and didn't really know much about the sport my freshman year. Like I thought, um, you know, regionals and state cross country was like, that's as big as you get. And Jason was like, "Uh, no, there's a whole like world out there. Like this is what exists in every state. (laughs) So um, I would say, yeah, I think he was really helpful and like, laying good habits and like teaching me like what was important to be a good runner but I would say I didn't like really like focus on it and kind of know the extent to like what it could be until like probably the beginning of junior year um I swam throughout high school too so I feel like that was nice Mm. to have in the winter um kind of I didn't do yeah I didn't really do indoor track until um junior year so that was kind of nice to have that break as well it was like I'm still into running, but still not like balls to the wall, like everything. Yeah. Were you, <laughs> were you running during the winter too? Cause I played water polo in the winter. So I was in the pool as well, but I was also running cause I was like gearing up for outdoor track. You didn't have indoor track, but did you um, run and swim at the same time or was it just only swimming during the winter? Um, wait, first, that's really cool that you played water polo. Oh, I, I'm, I was like, horrible. So <laughs> I've always been so impressed. Like, how do people tread water and, like, throw the ball and try to score? Very impressive. I have a horrible <laughs> arm. Like, I was a good swimmer. I mean, I grew up swimming, so I was, like, a good swimmer. But when it came to, like, shooting, oh, I was so bad. Like, I was, it was just not my forte. It was fun, though. <laughs> it sounds fun. But, um, yeah, I would say... I think my freshman year, I did a little bit of running, um, but was mostly swimming, but definitely like as I got older in high school, um, kind of kept running a good amount um, and training through to be ready for outdoor. Yeah. Do you think swimming set you up for like a good cross training future? Because I know some people like when they get injured for the first time, they've never cross trained in their life. And they, like, I just remember watching one of my teammates, like, try to go on the elliptical for the first time and I was like oh oh no like it's so foreign that's so foreign like having that background helped you yeah so helpful I feel like swimming is my cross training of choice like I think I'm like really grateful for it now um especially in college because I feel like I could actually get a good workout and I feel like having just like been exposed to like you know the sets that you do in swimming because it was the same thing like why, especially people that have never had a swimming background, like swimming is really hard to learn. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, people can't really do a workout because it's like enough to just like be swimming one length at a time and it's exhausting. So like, I'm definitely grateful to have that background and like be able to get in good workouts for cross training. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I couldn't even imagine trying to start swimming when I was older. It's just like so second nature to me that I – I don't even think twice about it, but I did do a good podcast with Colleen who like learned how to swim when she was, oh, I forgot what she said, like 25 or something. So she learned when she was older and she's like a pretty good swimmer, I would say, especially yeah. for a runner. So it's possible yeah. to learn when you're older, but it is nice <laughs> to like, just be able to like go do sets already and stuff. Um, yeah. Kind of have that background, especially, yeah. especially because it's such a good cross training activity because with like any injury you can usually swim most of the time so it's just nice to have do you ever feel like you get burnt out of it though oh totally totally yeah I like was injured a bit in like January and February of this year and I could really only like swim for the first little bit and couldn't do anything else so I was just doing a ton of swimming and for a while I was like yeah I don't want to get back in the pool (laughs) you say you're like swimming is my cross training of choice and it's like I grew up swimming but it was never really my first choice just because I was like I don't know if it was because I like went to school in Oregon and it was was always cold but I was like no 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 please don't make me get in the pool like if I could bike I would bike but I mean, now I do both, so it's just yeah. nice to, uh, to fall back. <laughs> There's also such an association, though. I mean, I even feel like I've talked to Gwen about this. Like, I'm like, do you miss triathlon? And she was like, I don't miss, like, waking up early and getting in the pool, like, freezing cold. Like, there's something about, like, yeah, getting in the water versus sometimes it's nice to just be like, I'm going to get on the bike or let's go and not need to, like, jump in a cold pool. 
school. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Like I remember one time, it was my sophomore year of college. I had an Achilles injury and it hurt to bike. So I couldn't bike. I like couldn't, I elliptical a little bit, but I had to swim that night and I like put it off until like 7 PM. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I know I was at my apartment and I was like throwing like a tantrum. It wasn't like, it was like <laughs> fake, but I was like, I don't know. I was like on the couch and I was like, I don't want to go swimming. And I was like throwing myself on the couch and I broke the couch. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then um, my roommate Sarah Baxter, she was like, did you just break that couch? And I was like, yeah, like I broke the couch all because I didn't want to swim. So I can oh completely God. relate to the not wanting to jump in the cold water because that's exactly how I felt at the moment. But now I don't complain anymore or throw tantrums on couches because I'm traumatized <laughs> by that moment. But are I still win. Like, so. Are you getting into the triathlon world, though? You're, like, you know, really swimming a lot I now. I mean, yes. Sure. <laughs> now it's a little different because there's, like, purpose behind it. I mean, there's purpose behind swimming when you're injured, too, but it's, like – It's definitely different. It's yeah, different. It's, like, it's different. I'm, like, choosing to do this, you know? It's yeah. not being thrust upon me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm enjoying it though, but I did just swim in the pool for the first time in like a year and a half. And how was it was it? it was a rude awakening. I was like, oh my gosh, because I've been swimming in the Willamette River. Yeah. And I like you can't really tell how fast you are, like in that, even if you have like a watch, it's like hard to tell because like currents and stuff. I'm like, oh, I'm like in decent shape. And then the pool gave me a taste of reality of what kind of shape <laughs> I'm in. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I did the two hundred. And I was like, Oof. <laughs> like my pace is like my sl- like what I would do like distinguish as my slow pace like per yeah. hundred. I was like oh no and it felt hard I was like this is bad but oh, no. you know little baby steps yeah yeah <laughs> okay no about me. This, this podcast is turning into the end hour okay <laughs> um so you decided to go to Stanford how was your college experience was it a good time bad time great time um it was a good time I would say the team was amazing um the school and the people that I met there I would say it was like a very challenging time um for me as well and I think I have a greater appreciation for it since um since leaving but definitely yeah definitely challenging time but grateful for like the experiences and the lessons learned and better to look back on it now (laughs) yeah that's just from people that come out of um stanford they say the same i mean steven i talk to steven sometimes and he says the same how do you balance school and running and like because i know personally like traveling every weekend like it sucks up so much time and i couldn't imagine having like the academic pressure of stanford (laughs) on you like how yeah yeah it's interesting too because um Jason again who was my coach in high school like when I was talking to him kind of about making a decision of where to go to school he was like Stanford will be a great place for you if you can figure out how to balance and basically not get too caught up in academics and I found myself like in the middle of my time there like this is exactly what he was telling me not to do (laughs) this is what I'm doing (laughs) um so I think it took me a really long time to find a balance and I think it's that thing where you're like, I don't know, you're in it. And you're like, this is just what I have to do. I have to keep, you know, going. And I think learning from teammates, um, like older teammates, especially like, even if you don't finish stuff, you just like need to close the book at some point. Um, And especially like, I think sometimes I got, I lost a little bit. um, I don't know, lost sight of like, not my goals in running, but kind of like how much like what I was doing in academics was like taking away from that too. And I think um, that was something that was like hard to figure out. Like, yes, I'm still going to like be really into school and do my best, but not at the like expense of like, you know, like getting to know the team and spending time with people and being present and like being ready for workouts and all that stuff. But I would say I, I don't even know if I can, confidently say I actually figured out a balance even by the time I left in some ways I was like I kind of need to get like out of that environment um just because it is like a very and I think everyone kind of handles it differently for me it was like I um, put a lot of like pressure on myself just like internally and I think being in that environment it was always going to be kind of hard for me to like fully let that go and I got a lot better at it but yeah definitely something that I still maybe figured out way toward the end like my last quarter but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <Of course. laughs> you got to enjoy it for 
10 weeks or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Did you have a but, social life? Yeah, I mean, still, still social life. There are things where, like, looking back, especially now, it's like, why was I so, like, stressed about that assignment think, or that school I feel like, like everyone thinks that way it's like why was <laughs> I even worried about that it's like why didn't I go to like you know half moon bay more or do more of these like things I mean for a while I was so embarrassed and people were like oh have you been here have you been here in the bay Area?" and I was like no and I was like oh my gosh like I am so embarrassed I have like done no exploring um but I think that's where, like, for me, again, the team was really helpful, like, doing, you know, kind of social activities um, with the team. But definitely, again, something that, looking back, I wish that I would have maybe made a little more time for. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we can all say that. You kind of – I mean, you definitely prioritize, like, the school and running. Like, how much more time is there really to go adventure? Yeah. Every week, I mean, being, like, a track and cross-country athlete, you're literally traveling almost every weekend, I feel like. Yeah, I was like say, no I free like, time. Yeah, I feel like especially with like distance running because it's like you're in season all the time. So it's not like you even have one quarter where you're like, okay, like we're not traveling as much, so we have more time. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> what did you do over the summers? Did you like have internships, or were you in school, or did you go home? Um, I kind of did a mix of everything. I think two summers. I went home after my freshman year, I went home, which I think was really good. And honestly, I would like recommend to a lot of people. Like, I think I really needed that just after like so much change and stuff. Um, And then one summer I did an internship, but back at home, which was also helpful. And then um, I think before my senior year, I was on campus and did like one or two classes, which was super nice too. So kind of got it all. Yeah. I would, yeah, that's, I mean, that's like the typical progression. That's kind of what I did too. It's like, I went home two summer, three summers, two summers. I was only in, wait, what? I don't even remember. <laughs> two summers I was at home. And then like the other times I was uh, in Eugene, like just doing stuff for work and just training. So I feel like that's yeah. a very, that's a very normal progression. I liked going home though every summer. I give you like a little time away to reset yeah. after a long a little reset. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Well, okay. Kind of continue on team. You, you joined the Bowerman group and I feel like the Stanford team is just, it's like the reinvented Stanford team is the Bowerman <laughs> team because you have yeah. so many Stanford alums. I know. Did that like affect your to... decision to go there? Um, I think it, it definitely plays like a factor uh, or like, I mean, it was nice seeing Vanessa and Sean cause they graduated like only one quarter before me and like even hearing about their like experience in the first couple of months and just like being surrounded and like learning so much from people and being challenged I think was something that like I was really looking for um and then yeah just again wanting to be a part of a group that where people have been like at the highest level and like wanting to be surrounded by that and like pushed by those people is something that like really drew me drew me here I would say I mean, it's only been a little while, but how have you enjoyed your professional career so far? Yeah, I have loved it. It was um, a little bit of a rude awakening when I first joined because I joined in March, which was kind of a weird time and had been like a little banged up before. So I was very out of shape and everyone was in very good shape when I got here. So the first couple of months was very rough. I feel like already adjusting to Jerry's workouts is hard. And then I was just on a whole nother. Yeah. I was just came in not in good shape and it was like, it was rough, but, um, but again, it was like really cool to talk to older people on a team. Like, Shelby and a lot of other people that were like, this is what happens when you get here. Like you get your butt kicked. You don't finish a lot of workouts, but you just like have to be patient and like keep doing the best that you can. And I think it was really cool to see uh, Vanessa and Carissa, like already having been there for a few months and like adapted so well and kind of hear about them having to have that learning curve in the fall. Um, And yeah, since then I'd say it's been great again, just like learning and picking up from like people that are have competed at the highest level and picking people's brains. Um, and I'd say it's a really like great, like culture and supportive environment, which is something that I think is important for post-collegiate running. Yeah, definitely. And it seems like the hard work is paying off. I mean, what'd you run earlier this year? Was it like 1448 in the five? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so <laughs> fast. I keep talking to people that have PRs in the 14s. I'm like, 
you guys make me feel so slow. Like I can't, <laughs> I cannot fathom running under 15 minutes in the five. <laughs> How did that feel? Yeah. I mean, I would say, I mean, to your point right there, it's like, it's really cool to see just like American distance running in general. And like, even you were just talking about like Jess Hole, like watching her just run insanely fast, like this summer too. Like, I think it's really cool that the bar is just being elevated. And like, I mean, watching like Carissa and Shelby run their 1430, like that was something that I feel like was like unfathomable before. Um, so yeah, it's been, it's been really cool to see. I honestly was like a little bit of a shock. I feel like for a long time, cause I think it was like a 37 second PR or something. So I was just like, yeah, like try to like, even though you can't get the standard, like try to run under 1510, which is the Olympic standard. And then I was like really excited the last hundred and I looked at the clock and it was in the 14th. I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> but yeah, it was, I mean, it was a really good setup to like having Carissa and Shelby pace us. And um, again, I think it's that like really cool thing where you're like training with the people that you're also racing with and you like know where they think that they're at. And um, it's like, oh, if Courtney like can do this and is still going, then like, I'm just going to try to stay with her and do it too. I think that gives you a lot of like, you know, confidence throughout the race too. Is like, okay, I've been training with these people. So like, like let's stay on it in the race and like see what we can do. Yeah. And I'm sure you have that same experience in college too. Like that's what I really realized because I had a good team growing up and I do, I did like know that teammates help push you and stuff, but I don't think I really realized the power like team has until I went to college. I like realized that when people are running like, I don't know, four fifteen like semi easily in like races and they're my teammates and they're like doing the same workouts as me. It like gave me confidence. I'm like, Oh, well I can do that too. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Like the impact that just like your surroundings has on your mentality. And yeah. It's, yeah. It's so cool. I would say like the confidence piece is huge. Right. I feel like that's where, like in college too it's like yeah you're like in a cross-country race or something and you're like running for your team and you're like we've been doing these workouts together like if my teammate is up here like I need to get up there too like that's where I need to be so yeah I, I guess it, it definitely affected cross-country for me more than track because I mean track is individual but cross-country you just said it perfectly like I kind of always like doubted myself in cross-country especially by the end of high school I just like I was like ah I'm not very good at cross country, <laughs> but then I saw like my teammates in college doing these workouts, like the 1500 runners with me, like yeah. it would kill it in cross country. I'm like, Oh, well, if they can do that, I can too. Yeah. I think, I think now. it's just kind of the, yeah, I don't know. The teammates really help you, especially in the longer races. In my yeah. Opinion. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Would you say that 1448 was like your career high so far? Do you have another race that sticks out to you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I would probably say that was a career high. I think that was like, just like a breakthrough moment, I think from like, um, yeah, like adjusting to this training. Like the only other thing I can think of is like a race my junior year of high school, that was a breakthrough. But I feel like those moments where you feel like you've maybe been like working for a couple of years and like, you've had some glimpses of it, but like, you know, that there's more there and then it all feels like it comes together. I feel like those are like really memorable races. So. Yeah. What was the junior year of high school one? Uh, a little new balance nationals, uh, okay. indoor at the armory. Um, I had run, I'd broken five for the first time, like two weeks before up at air force around four fifty eight and Jason was trying to get me into the fast heat and we weren't sure if I could get in the fast heat because I was like obviously I just broke in five minutes they were like I don't think you're there yet and we were like but I ran that at 7,000 feet anyways I like ended up getting into it and ran 440 and won the mile and people were like who are you and how did you just PR by 18 seconds in the mile and I was like honestly I'm not sure but <laughs> oh my gosh it's a massive <laughs> jump Granted, yeah, yes, it was at altitude the race before, but still, I don't think yeah. I've ever PR'd by that much in my life. So the Armory will always have a special, special place in my heart for sure. <laughs> when was the last time you raced there? Um, not since high school, I don't think. Yeah. I I went back and ran the 800 there indoor my senior year, but I don't think I ran. I really wanted to go in college, but it never worked out. But yeah, yeah. we got to race there a couple of times. Man, it's wild. I like so, never really raced on a bank track and it was crazy. Yeah. And I feel like the way that like 
the fans can be and like how it's like a small I don't know it just feels like there's so much energy in like a yeah. very small place <laughs> yeah like I've never experienced that environment in my life yeah I always like I always use this analogy especially on the bank track but I literally feel like it's the closest you can feel to like a race car you know like I feel like you just like get momentum and you feel like you're like just swinging around <laughs> yeah that's what's crazy about indoor track is like it it has so different than outdoor track for me like okay. I feel like I'm running in a circle yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's like the momentum never stops you're getting like, momentum yeah <laughs> you're just going around and around it's like you're whipping off the turns everyone's flying past you like I'm like what is going on it takes some adjusting for sure yeah <laughs> then you get to the outdoor track and you're like wow this feels so like big I don't where's all the momentum <laughs> yeah what the heck now I'm just running by myself it feels like no man's land um okay well transitioning a little bit so I really wanted to have you come on the podcast because you've been opening up on Instagram lately about your experience with reds and this is something I talked about in the Maddie Alm episode, the dietitian um, who came on, and she like gave really helpful advice too. But I kind of wanted to hear about your experience and why you decided to start opening up more about it on Instagram because it's something I think I've gone through it. I don't really know. My experience was a little bit different, but I've had some similar experiences with it. So I would love to hear like why you started talking about it, what your experience with it is. Yeah, yeah, I think, um, I mean, I think I just recently like talking to um, like younger teammates when I was closer to graduating that had had similar experiences and then even talking to like a lot of like high school uh, female runners now, I just think in the last like couple of years especially, I just am like shocked by the prevalence of it and how like little it is talked about for how many people seem to struggle with it. And I'd say especially like even among a team, it's like you can have multiple people going through it and it's just like not really talked about. Um, and I think especially for like thinking back to when I was in high school, it's like I just wish that I would have like known the importance of getting a period and I think it's something that like is starting to be talked about more but like I would say for me in high school it was like oh it's like something that is like you're lucky that you don't get your period you know like oh you don't have to deal with it and the amount like, of times I've heard that <laughs> phrase even nowadays they're like oh my gosh you didn't get your period until you were 22 like you are so lucky I'm like oh yeah, yeah. because I wanted to be 21 without ever having a period in my life yeah great. yeah yeah and it's like even like the narrative of like, you know, oh, you're like training hard. Like that's just normal. I think that even comes from like a lot of coaches. And I think just like thinking about that more and more and being like, okay, I want, especially I think after um, like racing this summer and kind of having a breakthrough after what I felt like was just a lot of different injuries and like inconsistent training in college. Um, just wanted to like speak on like how you can come out the other side and like, it's never too late to make that change, but you have to like make that change and like really commit to it. Um, and just, I don't know, I think even, yeah, with like friends, teammates and people, even just like the mental health toll of like not getting enough fuel or, you know, like body image, like disordered eating stuff, like how that takes such a toll on like the mental side and just like your happiness and, and quality of life in general. And I think especially seeing that among like other people that you really care about too, I think is something where you're like, okay, let's try to like talk about this and change this and maybe help people like not struggle with it or like not struggle with it for so long. Yeah. So when did you decide to like, commit like you're talking about or when did you like realize that maybe it was an issue yeah um so I started working with um voice in sport which is um this like platform for female athletes and they try want to try to keep like females in sports longer just because females drop out at a much higher rate than males so I did a podcast and I'm like kind of getting into being a mentor with that platform and I think I honestly like owe them a lot for like having me on a podcast and specifically asking about um reds and loss of period because I think that kind of for me was the catalyst to like talk about it and kind of gave me I don't know kind of in like 
an in, I guess, to like, okay, now you have this podcast about this, like now, um, I don't know, I think I just before I didn't really know how to go about talking about it necessarily. Yeah, it is. It's um, not like, a thing that just like comes up usually, especially on the internet. It's like, hey guys, yeah. period. Like, I think that's what I, which is the problem, right? Like, that's what we're yeah. trying to be like, okay, let's talk about it more. But I think that's how I felt. Like, I'm like, am I just going to do a random post that's just like, hey everyone, like I didn't get my period. It's really important that we like talk about this more. So I think for me, that was something that was like, okay, I have this podcast where I talked about it and this is like a really good time. And then I think from there, I just wanted to try to give like some tips and continue the conversation and things that have like helped me. Cause I think sometimes um, it is, it's like you like share an experience and then, you know, people are like, oh my gosh, I've had like a really similar experience, but I like wanted to try as best I could to give people some sort of like, maybe like tangible mantras or things to talk about. Um, that would hopefully be helpful at least was was helpful to me after a while so (laughs) yeah I mean I think like with how well it's done on Instagram I think it's resonated with a lot of people have you gotten good feedback from it yeah I think I mean again it's just I think been shocking to me like the number of people that have reached out that are like oh like I'm struggling with this or like oh like I'm a captain and I don't know how to talk about it on my team, but I think it's really important or, um, you know, I'm trying to be a leader, but I'm like struggling with this or I'm stuck in an injury cycle. Um, and so I think that's the type of thing where it's like, like I'm really grateful that like I am doing it and that we like just solidifies that we need to keep talking about it more. Cause it's like, yeah, there are people all over, like at all levels of running, um, you know, high school, college, um, that are like really like struggling with this so yeah I mean my experience is really similar it's like I came out I don't even know why randomly I decided to post a video about it on YouTube I don't know how many views it has but it like got so many views and it got so much feedback within like the first week or so like the amount of DMs I got people being like oh my gosh like I have the same experience or like I've never like seen anyone talk about this or I didn't know it was so common or people like I know even reaching out and it's, yeah. like, it's the same thing. It's like I knew it, like that it was prevalent because I was around people like in college or high school who like had lost their periods or were going through something similar. So it's just crazy how much like it happens in the running world, but how little it's talked about. So I always like, I mean, enjoy, I don't know if that's the right term, but I always like like to see when people open up more about it just because I think it makes it less taboo than it should be because it really shouldn't for how prevalent it is. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing that's crazy. Like you're saying, like with your own teammates and how I feel, it's like, you know, even people that you know so well, and it's like, it still doesn't necessarily come up or it's not something that's like shared until like much further down the road. And like, that's crazy to me. But in the moment, it's like, I thought nothing of it either. Again, it's like, oh, it's normal. We're all training hard. We don't get our period. Like, and I was just telling someone recently I think it's even the same thing where it's like if you're not feeling properly or you're like you know overthinking like what to eat and like really so concerned about body image I don't think it's a type of thing where like you quite realize like the toll it's taking either until you've like slowly started to work through it and you're like oh my gosh no wonder I was like exhausted all the time and like that wasn't normal to be like exhausted all the time and be like you know so stressed and irritable and like not in a good mental state but sometimes when you're in it it's just like you I don't know I think it's like oh like we're training hard school's supposed to be hard like but you don't really realize that like yeah there are probably things that are like weighing weighing you down more than they need to yeah um so I asked some I asked the Instagram for some questions if they had any for you especially like on this topic and I got quite a few responses of questions asking about it just that which kind of proves that like this is something that needs to be talked about more with the amount of questions that I got so um I would I mean you've even said on your Instagram it's like we're not doctors or experts but I feel like these I mean you and I have both experienced similar things in this realm so I feel like just kind of speaking on experience I mean I always recommend going to a doctor for this sort of like thing because everyone is so different like my experience is going to be a lot different than your experience probably and yeah everybody is different so I always recommend going to a doctor if it's something like really serious to just consult that but um yeah. how did you know that you had reds and for those of you who are wondering what reds is is it 
relative energy deficiency syndrome Defic deficiency in sport in sport okay yeah yeah so <laughs> how did you know that you had it yeah i think i mean honestly i think for a while i didn't know that i had it again going back to like i just thought people were like oh it's normal not to get your period um but it's definitely not normal and like no matter how hard you're training like you should be getting your period um and so I didn't know for probably three years. And then my sophomore year of college, um, I got my first major bone injury. And I think that's when I started to hear more about. So like the female athlete triad and like, you know, how losing your period. And I did like a bone density scan um, because I had a bone injury and they were like, yeah, your bone density isn't very good. Um, so I think that's kind of when I found out. But again, it was a lot of years that I didn't really know. And it's just like, oh, you, you know, are being super rigid with your food and you think that it's going to help with performance. And I think that's the type of thing where it was like, for me, it was like bubbling on under the surface for so many years until it like comes to a breaking point where you like get injured. Um, but I think that's, what's really important about like talking about it more too is like maybe you haven't gotten injured yet and you haven't got your period in a while, but like it's not good for your body and eventually it's going to hit a breaking point. So like trying to make those changes like sooner than later, even if you haven't yet gotten to the point where you've like struggled with injuries from it, I think is, is really important. Yeah. And the female athlete triad, I'm sure a lot of you have heard of it, but it's, losing your period or it's like you're not eating enough calories for your energy or for your body and then you lose your period and then bone injury or osteoporosis yeah, like, like lowering bone density yeah yeah so um yeah i mean kind of similar to that it's like i didn't really have any i didn't have any bone injuries so that's the thing and my i didn't i like we got um bone density scans too and I didn't have low bone density, but I still wasn't getting my period. So this yeah. is why I always recommend people go to the doctor because <laughs> everyone is so different and you don't like, I didn't know why I wasn't getting it because I seemed to be eating enough. I never had a bone injury and I didn't have like low bone density. So I was just confused. And eventually I did like have to stop exercising to get my period. Like I, I think I stopped for a good seven months, but did you ever have to lower your exercise level at all to get your period yeah um first really quick i like what you said about like how everyone is so different i think that's the thing with like reds too is like being like it is like a loss of a period because your energy input is greater or your energy output is greater than your energy input so i think again like it's so hard to like get caught up in like comparing but everyone is so different like i even think um you know like people's body types are so different so like maybe you like never look as small as someone else but like that doesn't mean that like you're not getting what you need like you could just be like unhealthy for your own body type which i think is really like important and like you said you know like it doesn't have to manifest in like a bone injury or even an injury at all it could like manifest in other other ways but um yeah just like really like in that case like when you're not getting your period um, probably trying to like decrease the exercise or, or like in increase fuel, um, like you said, but yeah, I, um, I was kind of forced to take time off with that first injury. Like, I think I took, um, I think I took like 10 to 12 weeks off to let the bone heal. And I took a couple weeks completely off and then slowly, um, got back into cross training. Um, but I think for me, like, that was a way for my body to heal. But like, I think it was also important to kind of like kickstart getting the period back for sure. Yeah. And like, what do you feel like has worked most for you to help kind of like start this journey of getting your period back and like getting your bone density back up? What do you think works work best? Yeah. I think the biggest thing was, um, healthy fats. Honestly, I think kind of the, like, uh, what I was eating. I think for me, it seemed like overwhelming if people were just like, eat more, eat more, eat more. You know, I was like, what does that mean? I need to have like three portions at dinner, you know? And I don't think, 
I think it was just like making little tweaks instead of like completely reinventing the wheel. So that was, you know, for me, that was like eating more regularly, like adding more snacks throughout the day and like eating right after um, a workout and like eating before a runner workout, no matter like how early you were running, like getting something in was like better than getting nothing at all. Um, and then again, I just think, yeah, like eating more um, calorically dense foods. I think for a while, um, I definitely had a mindset that was not healthy of like, oh, eating like fat makes you fat, which is not true at all. And um, I think that's what like led to a lot of my problems because it's like, okay, at times I was like, I feel like I'm like consuming a good amount of food, but it like just wasn't the right things, right? If it's like non-fat yogurt, like non-fat everything, um, like, you know, no butter, no oil or stuff like that is like, that's not what your body needs to like function and be healthy. So for me, it was like, yeah, adding in back in like butter and coconut oil and olive oil and avocado. And um, this is an example I come back to a lot, but it was like, okay, instead of having a dinner of like a salad, rice and salmon, like adding a half an avocado to the salad and adding like a bunch of spoonfuls of pesto right and so it's like now for me I didn't have to think about like oh my gosh I need to eat three portions of dinner but it was like this is like way more like energy that my body needs and it's like getting the right things and it's getting that like sustained sustained fuel yeah that's what I always recommend especially when people feel like they're eating enough but maybe they like know that they aren't like maybe they don't want to be overly full is eating like healthy fats is so crucial just because they are like calorically dense so you can get a lot of like energy in a small like handful of nuts or something yeah and it's like pretty easy just to add to like you can sprinkle it on your oatmeal you can sprinkle it on your salad like it's pretty easy to add to your meals without like feeling like you're making like you said having to eat three portions of dinner or having to eat like an yeah. extra meal a day just like sprinkling in and cooking with oil i think really really helps that and i know my friend or my teammate in college she said one thing that like really helped her was eating like full fat Greek yogurt. She oh, made the yeah. switch from the non-fat to the full fat and she said it made all the difference in like her hormonal health. So yeah, yeah. I would say like for me as an evening snack to like the full fat Greek yogurt with like granola too. And then it's like good because you don't wake up, you know, like starving, which like you shouldn't be. It's like you should be fueled and you have like that, yeah, like dense, you know, high energy before you go to bed, which is good too. The Greek, like, I think, forget what it's called. I think it's like Greek goddess, but there's like a honey vanilla. Oh, that's that's the best ever. That sounds so good. I (laughs) ate that all the time in college. I'm literally obsessed (laughs) with that brand. It's delicious. Really easy to add to your diet because it tastes good. Well, we just covered it. Someone asked what the best foods are. Do you have anything else besides for avocado or... Anything like what's your what's your favorite food to add to your diet? Yeah, I would say, yeah, I would say avocado. Um, I would say coconut oil, like especially to smoothies, is really good too. Um, I'm a huge like peanut butter fan, so like a ton of peanut butter in the meal, like not like a small spoonful, like big, big, lots of peanut butter. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, and then kind of this is kind of a little bit of a tangent, but I would say like learning to that there's no like good or bad foods like trying to really focus on like intuitive eating and like you know giving your body what it's craving instead of you know trying to like restrict or or stop it or thinking like oh these are like unhealthy and these are like quote unquote healthy um I think that is like a a really huge huge piece too yeah I literally just posted something about intuitive eating on my food Instagram yesterday because I feel like it's so important to like give your body what it wants yeah. and not like have to fight the cravings because one, it helps you so much. Like men- it just helps you your mindset so much. I think just by giving your body like what it is craving. And like you said, like not trying to like eat an apple or something when you're craving like a big piece of chocolate because it's not going to, yeah. I mean, let's be real. Like it's not going to satisfy the craving. Yeah. <laughs> and I also, I mean, someone asked me this on my Instagram story yesterday too. They're like, what do you do if you're like craving junk food? I'm like, well, usually I either eat it or I make something that like is healthy and mimics the similar thing. So it's like, if I'm craving 
if you want to like be healthy, I mean, I, I do eat junk food too. So, yeah. Uh, but it, maybe if you wanted like a little bit of a healthier dessert so that you don't have like a sugar crash, like if I'm craving like a Reese's cup or something, it's like, or Twix. It's like I make dates with almond butter and chocolate chips and it's like a healthy alternative, but it's like still calorically dense and yeah. it completely like satisfies my cravings. So that's like what I've been doing when I get cravings, but a lot of the time I yeah. just eat what I'm craving because it, yeah. it cures the cravings, surprisingly. Yeah, it does. Well, and I think too, like I think when you – like don't it just kind of like then you want it even more or like I think people kind of think I know this is my mentality like just super like black and white like I was like oh if I give into this craving then I'm suddenly just gonna like be eating junk food all the time and it's like eventually like your body does crave like you know veggies and like salad or something again like it's not like you're you're gonna start eating like quote-unquote junk food and then like that's all you're gonna eat and I think that is why like I really like like the intuitive eating piece because it's like okay like maybe you're like craving something and that's maybe because you like didn't get enough like fat or sugar in your like meals that day and so it's like listen to your body like that's what it means you know to like feel strong and be ready to go and I think focusing on the intuitive eating too can be helpful because I think sometimes it can take that like like overthinking or like emotion a little bit out of it. Like at least for me, it was like, oh, okay. Like looking at it a little more, just like, okay, like, am I full? Like, what is my body want instead of kind of like having such a big like reaction to it? Um, I heard like when I was in college, um, this one lady was talking about intuitive eating and she, um, I don't know why, but this has stuck with me for a long time. And it was genius. Like she was like, you know, a a kid does this, like, if a kid, like, goes and has, like, a piece of cake, and it's, like, delicious, and it's amazing, it's, like, then, like, the kid goes back and gets another piece of cake, and, like, it's still pretty good, but maybe it's, like, not quite as good as the first slice, because, like, you're getting full, and, like, now your body, like, probably doesn't need any more sugar, and then it's, like, then the kid goes back and has, like, a third piece, and now, like, the kid feels really sick, but they're not, like, necessarily like overthinking like oh my gosh like I shouldn't have done that they're just like oh now I know for next time that like about like at one and a half pieces or two pieces was when I felt like it was still really tasty but I didn't feel overly sick you know and I think I don't know why but that's just like stuck with me for a long time it's like it's all trial and error too right so it's like okay if your body is craving something give it something and maybe one time it's like oh like you ate a whole pint of ice cream and you were like, okay, yeah, that made me feel sick, but I really enjoyed the first like two scoops of it or whatever. Um, and just like trying to think about it a little more like that. I don't know. That's been like helpful for me. Like, okay, listen to your body and then be like, okay, like, yeah, this time that was like too much for the sake of like, I feel sick and I, it was too much. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. You literally just like preached what I think exactly like, that's how my brain <laughs> thinks it is it is very much trial and error and everyone is different too so it's like you can't really tell some like I can't give you like a meal plan and be like here this is what I eat you should eat it too I mean I do post a lot of what I eat in the days but it's for like meal inspiration more than anything because yeah. I don't know what's gonna work for you like maybe you hate oatmeal like don't eat oatmeal. yeah if oatmeal makes you feel sick don't eat it like what people you have to like listen to your body first is what I always tell people and you want to work with it instead of like against it. So yeah. like your body is going to tell you what it wants. Yeah. It's not going to totally. like feed you like the wrong or send you the wrong way. You know, like you yeah. said, if you feel sick, stop eating the thing yeah. that made you feel sick. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Another question. Did you ever take like birth control or anything to regulate your hormones? Oh my gosh. I couldn't say the word. <laughs> um, I did not. Um, I think my experience with like talking to some doctors when I was at Stanford was just um, like the one thing, again, like everyone has a different situation. And like you said, like go talk to like a doctor and an expert about it. But for me, I think it was important to not just because it can kind of give you a false sense of getting your period with the synthetic hormones. Um, and for me, it was really important that I like figure out that I'm getting a natural period to make sure I was eating enough. So. Um, I never did just because it was like, I need to get to the point where I'm like getting a natural one with like no help from anyone else to really make sure that, yeah, like I'm fueling enough and, and getting the right things. 
Yeah, mine was the same. My I went to a gynecologist and she was like, yeah, like, I don't think it's necessary. And I was the same way. Like, I didn't want to take it because I wanted to get it naturally because I feel like something was, I mean, something was obviously off. I hadn't, I wasn't yeah. getting it. So yeah, I mean, I was the same way, but that's why I always recommend people go to the doctor because everyone's situation yeah. is different and maybe yours is like more immediate, like needs more immediate attention than mine was, yeah. but everyone is different. Yeah. Uh, what is your biggest piece of advice for someone that is trying to overcome amenorrhea? Yeah, I would say, oh man, I would say, um, like fully commit to it. Like it's going to be, especially if you, um, are coming from a place of like restrictive eating and like, you know, kind of bad habits or like rules in your mind, I would say, um, really try to think like shift your perspective. And again, I think I said this in one of my posts, but like really thinking about like the feel over the fear, like really focus on like how you're feeling, like as you start to feel more instead of like, you know, hanging on and being so afraid of like, maybe your body like changing a little bit. Um, so I would say like, yeah, fully like committing to it and going all in and like knowing that it's going to be like challenging and hard and uncomfortable. And I use this analogy a lot, but like run into the fire and like, run, like if you, you know, avoided food groups or things, in the past, like it can be like uncomfortable to like reintroduce those like, or again, like I said, for me personally, like I really avoided things with like fat for a long time. And that was a like difficult for me to like kind of challenge that thought, right. That had been ingrained in my head for a while. And at first it's going to feel so like effortful to try to like challenge that. Um, but really thinking about it in the perspective of like, okay, I really need to get my period back and like these, like doing these things, like incorporating healthy fats, maybe like decreasing my like intensity or volume of training a little bit and like, you know, eating more regularly um, and having more hearty snacks, like doing those things, um, even if they're uncomfortable at first, like I would say just fully commit into it and like run into the fire. How long did it take for you to like, I mean, results isn't really the right word, but until you started like seeing changes or maybe you got your period back. Yeah. Um, so I guess, let's see. Um, I would say that the other thing, honestly, like another piece of advice would be like, it, you're not going to get like immediate like results or gratification. Like, I think for me, that was like, I was like, I'm making all these changes and I'm adding in all these healthy fats and like, I'm, it, I'm still not getting it. Like what is happening? And then even for a while, like once I like got a regular period again, like I was still getting injured quite a bit. Um, so in that regard, my piece of advice there would be like, but like stay on track, stay the course, like it will come. Um, and I think sometimes it takes much longer than you want it to, like once you've made changes, but especially if you've, you know, gone without a period for like years or a super extended period of time, like it's going to take a while for your body to get back to that point. So, um, I mean, even for me, like I took 10 weeks completely off running with my first bone injury and was like really trying to make big changes to my fueling. And it was like, even when I came back to running, like I still hadn't got it. It took a while or like at first it wasn't, you know, regular, like I would miss some months when my training was higher. And that's when I was like, okay, we really need to get to the point where like we don't increase the like training anymore until we're like really getting it regularly. So I think it's kind of, again, it's like the trial and error, but like fully, like embracing the process and like, you know, doing all the things like particularly like the healthy fats and, you know, more um, meals with sustenance and knowing that like sometimes it's not, yeah, immediate. Yeah. I'd like it to be. <laughs> that is so true because everyone wants instant gratification to like fix their problems, but it took I would say for me, like a full year to be able to, like, I, I stopped running in February, March of 2018, like competitively. And then I was running on and off for a couple months, but I was like eating a lot more and I was definitely a lot more sedentary. So there was, it was not nearly like as intense as it was in college, like my athletics. And then I stopped running for seven, like I stopped exercising for about seven months. 
and I was not doing anything. I was yeah. sitting on my butt, <laughs> eating a ton. And yeah, so I would say it took me almost a full year to like, and then one day randomly I got my period, like without any like hormones or anything. It was so random. Honestly, I was, <laughs> I was shocked, but that just shows you like, it's definitely not immediate, but I was so determined at that point to like make the change and like yeah. get my period for the first time at age 22. I was like, it needs to happen. And yeah, like you said, like going like fully committing and being patient and it'll like definitely pay off. And I'm so glad like I took the time away from athletics to do it because now it's like I have my period and I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And like, I mean, I do still have to worry about it, but like in the sense of like not having it, I don't have to worry anymore. And now it's just like a matter of like keeping it with all the exercise that I'm doing. And yeah, it's just, there is no instant gratification if you haven't had it for a while. I mean, granted, I didn't have it for 21 years, so um, <laughs> my baby <laughs> might be a little bit different than yours, but yeah, it's all about um, patience in the long run and sticking to it, even if, when it is uncomfortable and out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, the last thing I want to wrap up with is do you have like a motto or quote that you live by day to day? Oh man. Just like in general. Yeah. In general, anything that sticks oh, out. <laughs> <laughs> I should have asked I'm you. Trying to think. <laughs> I'm trying to think. Um, or something that inspires you. Yeah. I guess it isn't, isn't really a specific quote, but um we, I don't know if you've seen the show, This Is Us. I haven't. Um, okay, well, it's a good show. You should watch it. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I've gotten that recommendation a lot of times. Um, but Sterling K. Brown plays Randall on the show, and he graduated from Stanford and did the commencement speech in 2018. And he gave this really incredible speech about, like, letting your letting your light shine and like how that inspires others to do the same so I would probably say something along the lines of like being a light and like letting your light shine um is something that I like try to live by and I think even when you're asking you know like about posting about this as well I think when you see people that are like you know struggling with this or like overthinking things and you just I know for me personally like I wasn't like myself when I was like in those in that like stage um and just like wanting to help other people like find their light and be able to like truly live it out um and then I think that also like helps me personally too and I think was something that like helped me I mean not this exact quote because it was like I heard it after I when I was graduating but like when I was like focusing on getting my period back to was like, okay, I want to like be like a better teammate and a better person. And like, I know that right now I'm like way too, you know, stuck in my head and consumed in my thoughts and wasting so much energy on like overthinking this um, and not like being present and able to live as much. So I think, yeah, that's what I try to think about now. That was a really long-winded answer to your very simple question. No, <laughs> no, I like it. And I like what you said about, like, in that stage, you don't feel like it was you, like, or it was just kind of like a different version of you. And I feel the same way. Like, I feel like the college version of me was very different. Like, yeah, I don't know if it had to do with that. I don't really know. But I just feel like I wasn't really truly myself. And then once I started kind of focusing on this, like, my, like, my happiness came back. I don't know. I don't know if it has something yeah. to do with that. Maybe there, I mean, so much has changed since I left college, but yeah, I don't know. Eating more and <laughs> keeping your hormones on track, I think definitely helps with that too. So, and my yeah. sister did the same, my older sister. So we talked about this a lot. So it was great <laughs> hearing your perspective and I'm glad you're helping like inspire others to look into this more or be more open about it. Um, with their family, friends, teammates. And I'm glad that you got to come on today and kind of share your experience with us. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for, for having me on. Of course. I'm sure I'll see you soon. <laughs> yes, for sure. <laughs> awesome. Um, can we get a good old peace out, fellas, to close out the pod? Oh, of course. Peace out, fellas. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of Convos Over Cold Brew. Hope you enjoyed it. Great conversation with Elise. Really helpful information, and it was just nice 
to hear from her and her experience through running and much more. Big thank you to Jackson F for supporting the podcast. I give one of my supporters a shout out in each episode. It's really easy to support. It's through the Anchor platform. The link is in the show notes. And make sure to follow at Convos Over Cold Brew Pod on Instagram if you ever want to give your feedback. Another way that you can support the podcast that's free is by rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts. I love hearing your guys' feedback and it really helps grow the podcast organically. And it just means a lot to me. If you listen to the podcast every week, if you could rate and review. Thank you guys so much for listening and I will hear from you guys in the next one. Peace out, fellas. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.